had the pleasure of Sarah's uh, company for two weeks now. She did Trust God, Clean House, and tonight she's going to present on Help Others. And without further ado, Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Sarah. Um, thank you again, David, for asking me to do this workshop, and thank you all for coming out here, <laughs> even though it's Super Bowl Sunday. Um, somebody said, you know, DBR is going to keep a lot of people sober tonight. I think that was true. Um, and uh, I was meditating, you know, before this workshop to try to figure out, like, what my current experience, like helping others, and what my past experience helping others really has looked like. And for some reason, this topic is the hardest for me to find language and explain. Um, and uh, But it's like such a huge part of my life, so that doesn't really make any sense. But I, um, I, remember, uh, I remember one time I... Um, you know, helping others is directly related to the idea that selfish self-centeredness is the root of my problem. Like, my real problem as an alcoholic shows up when I put the drink down. And it comes in the form of selfishness, self-centeredness. My problems are of my own making. And when we talked about inventory last week, we talked about the fourth column of the resentment list. And that's really, you know, in, in the fourth column of my resentments and in my fears and in my conduct, I get to see where selfishness, you know, has been the cause of my problems. You know, where, how my problems are of my own making. And um, I think that, like, this whole process, this, this process that we do in the 12 Steps does, like, a lot of things. But for me, it's taken me from someone who was incapable of having compassion and connection um, with people that loves me, with strangers. It was incapable of having a true partnership, right, like a true connection um, to somebody who is, is, like, fairly full of love and fairly full of compassion and has a deep connection to other people. And that's not, like, any way that I could really help somebody is, like, God working through me. It's not, I don't really have the power to help somebody else. Um, a sponsee of mine, whom I love very much, just texted me a long kind of list of, Here, here's the pain I'm in, here's the problem. And my response to her was, um, I identify with your pain very deeply. This is alcoholism at its finest. Um, however, all of the love that I have for you in the entire world is not powerful enough to help you. I cannot help you. What you need is a power greater than yourself. And the greatest service that I could ever do in helping others is to enable them to affect contact with a power greater than themselves. And um, the greatest service that people have done for me, you know, in my sobriety have, have been helping me get to that place because that's really when God takes over. And God, through me, is the power that is helpful to other people. Um, now, <laughs> before, like, when I was, like, first in sobriety, um, helping people was the most baffling thing. And I'm not even kidding. Um, I remember one time I went to a staff member. His name was Dave G. He was awesome. And I was, I was suffering. I was suffering so much. And I was, like, always like near tears and I was in like the worst pain ever and this was I believe before I had like run away and tried to get drunk again and I said Dave why am I so miserable why am I suffering and his response to me was Sarah think about anything else but yourself you're sitting around thinking about yourself all day long think about anything else I don't care what it is talk to somebody about pickles talk about pickles as long as you're not talking about yourself I don't, I'm, I don't know. I think I laughed, you know, like got me out of myself for a second. I remember another time that my sponsor had given me the direction. She said, you need to help somebody before 4 o'clock this afternoon. 4 o'clock rolls around. She goes, okay, what'd you do? Who'd you help? I didn't help anybody. I have no idea what you're talking about. Being of service to somebody else was the most baffling concept that I had ever heard of. Um, that might not be everybody's experience, but I literally, I was so terrified of people and so in the bondage of self that I had no idea what small little action I could do to be helpful to somebody else, you know, um, before four o'clock that day. I had no idea. Um, but yeah, so I guess like there's a couple different ways that like being a service to others like shows up in my life today. It shows up in sponsorship. It shows up in, um, you know, a constant thought of others and how I can help meet their needs, like, all day long throughout the day. It doesn't even matter, like, if I'm helping somebody with program work or not, but just, like, a focus on other people. It shows up um, in 
making AA attractive. Um, and I guess I'll start with sponsorship. Um, I also feel that I have, like, a lot to learn about sponsorship. I feel like there's probably sponsors that are, like, more effective than I am. And I, you know, started to have this big book experience, like, um, maybe, like, a year and a half ago. And um, and it all kind of happened very quickly. I found myself in, like, a, like a whirlwind. You, you know, we hear a lot of people say, like, oh, he's on fire or she's on fire in AA. And I, I felt like I was set on fire, and then I was just running around on fire but not really knowing exactly what was going on. And, and I feel like I'm at a place now where I'm just kind of, like, I'm not necessarily not on fire anymore, but I'm starting to come down, you know, from that and, and, um, and really taking a look more in depth, I guess, on like the way that I work with others and, and like the, and like what my relationships, um, in AA look like. Um, but yeah, so when we open up for observations and everything like that, if anybody has any tips for me on sponsorship, I definitely would love them. Um, it was pointed out to me though that the, um, you know, the first nine steps in the book are, are worded as now we're at our, now we're at step such and such. But after 9, when we get into 10, 11, and 12, they're worded differently. They're worded as suggestions. That doesn't mean that they're not required or that they're any less important. But the way that it was explained to me is that we get restored to sanity in the ninth step, you know, at least halfway through. But definitely by the time that we're done with the ninth step, we are restored to sanity. And by that time, um, they lay out some definite suggestions about how to continue taking personal inventory, how to, uh, you know, deepen our conscious contact with God and, and understand God's will um, for us and, um, and how to carry this message. But the idea is that I'm also going to be able to, like, use intuition in these areas, and I'm going to be able to use intuition and to rely on my thinking and how to best be of service to somebody because not every single sponsee that I have falls into the blueprint of I've come in contact with them through doctor or a family member and I'm, you know, asking about them and trying to get to know who they are and then I'm making approach and, you know, it's like the outline that they give us in working with others. I mean, I can pretty much find the answers to any sponsorship questions that I have within that chapter, but it doesn't fit the blueprint for everybody that I work with. You know, it doesn't account for what, if, what about the sponsees that I have that have been sober for four years and are totally lost in AA, you know? Like, like I, maybe like the spree that I have to wait for them to come off is not a drinking spree, but like a self-will spree. And like, it's just, you know, there's like many different situations. And I have found that like sponsee sponsorship situations are not necessarily that black and white like sometimes they're super complicated they're human relationships and they're human feelings and I haven't yet perfected like a format that I can always fit you know with 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 each individual sponsee I found them to be very different you know um, but the basis for every sponsorship relationship that I have is that I am not the power that they need and our primary purpose in working together is to go through the 12 steps so that person can have a spiritual awakening and work with other alcoholics, you know, and, and that's it. And, um, and uh, you know, there's, there's a part, I think it's in a vision for you, it says, um, you know, make sure that your relationship with God is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. And what happened to me, and I don't know if anybody's familiar with Sandy Beach, the speaker, he talks about the origin of the word service coming from Bill Wilson's spiritual experience. Um, because what happened was Bill Wilson had a spiritual experience, and he was overflowing. He, like, you could not have stopped him. He was running around trying to get everybody sober. <laughs> um, I mean, you couldn't have pulled the reins in on Bill Wilson, you know what I mean? And that essentially is what happened to me. Um, when I, I, I picked up a new sponsor and I, you know, I had had a spiritual, you know, experience and a spiritual awakening like prior to this, but I was in a lot of pain and sobriety and I picked up my sponsor that I have now like a year and a half ago and we formally went through the steps in this way, which was so important, like so phenomenally helpful to my alcoholism. <laughs> really good. And, um, and I found myself all of a sudden, um, you know, definitely by the time that he and I had done, um, you know, like the fourth and fifth step inventory together and I was working on amends, definitely by that time, I mean, people were just like flooding into my life for me to be of service to. 
So the key thing that I did to be of service to other people, to be of maximum service to other people, was to take care of my own house, to, like, do my own program and, and be fit for when somebody showed up. And my experience was that they just started naturally showing up. Like, all of a sudden, I had, like, nine sponsees. I, have, I had people, like, coming up to me saying, you know, I've been praying on this for a couple weeks, and I think I want you to be my sponsor. Was like, you've been praying for a couple weeks on asking me to sponsor you? Are you kidding? Are you crazy? I don't, I don't know if I want to, like, engage in this relationship. You know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But, I mean, people, I'm, and I was getting asked to speak, and I was, I mean, it was just, like, my, uh, my ability to be effective and useful skyrocketed. And the best part about having gone through the work myself was that I had experience to share and I had language, you know. I, I, had, I had language for what we're doing here and I had language for what my experience was and I was able to, like, make sense of this kind of confusing book, you know. Um, I know a lot of people that have that have their sponsees or the people that, you know, ask them to sponsor them, like, read the book before. They say, okay, go home and read the first 164 pages. I totally respect that, and I probably will do that at, on some day. But I, that wasn't my experience. You know, I didn't have somebody say, go home and read that book. So, so I kind of just, like, have what my experience was. And my experience was I didn't understand. I, I had been reading this book with sponsors for years, not understanding not understanding very key elements, you know, and it wasn't until this past year that I was, you know, went through it, like, and, and really was, like, listening to a lot of big book speakers and a lot of big book tapes and really, like, understood it in a, in a way. So I take the time. It's I, This this might be, like, too self-will of me, but I almost don't trust that somebody will understand it you know, if I'm not, like, sitting there, like, like breaking it down to help them. Um, and and maybe, maybe that's not true, but... Uh, but, you know, when I sponsor uh, people now, it's pretty much, um, you know, we go through the book together. I've had situations with people where I felt like they didn't have time to go through every single word of the big book. I felt like they really needed to have an experience and they needed to have one now. People who are... Um, you know, more of a chronic relapser, you know, and, and I mean, we, we can use our self-will to a certain extent in this program, you know, um, or, you know, in, in alcoholism, like, it'll last us just, just so long, right, and some people, it will not last them very long at all, other people, they can, like, hold out miserable for a while, you know, before, before the insanity returns, um, but with people who have been, like, in and out, in and out, in and out for a very, very long time, I have felt that those people, um, I have had more urgency to say we don't have a lot of time to go through this like word by word and have a very like intellectual experience with it. Like, so what my sponsor did early on was help me um, highlight like specific paragraphs that were the key elements of steps one, two, and three, um, so that I could get somebody through in like a day or an, an hour and a half, you know, and. Um, I remember feeling very, like, important when I had that urgency. It's like, oh, this is somebody that needs God now. And it's, like, feeling, like, very important and very excited about it and just feeling very useful and it's an amazing feeling. Um, unfortunately, most of my experiences where I've done that, the person has not returned after step four, um, have not come back. But, you know, that's the other thing. Like, I'm not responsible for other people doing the work. What I'm responsible for is the laying, is the making it available part. Like, it's my, it's my job to lay the spiritual toolkit at the feet of somebody. And my sponsor says this beautiful thing. Um, he says that, uh, you know, the reason why it's worded that way is because the only way this thing is going to work is if that person has the willingness to bend down and pick it up, you know? And that's, that's the way that it is. And I tend to not be a very, like, hardcore sponsor because my experience was that I didn't need somebody to, like, whip me into shape. Like, when I was done, I was done, and I was desperate. And I was willing to do anything that I had to do. And I was, like, running around. My first sponsor wasn't even an alcoholic. She was a social worker that was hired by the program that I worked in. But there's um, there's this part, I think, is in a vision for you, too, where this guy moves to a city, and he's, 
and he's overwhelmed by the number of people who are alcoholic. And so he goes to one of the top doctors who treat alcoholics and say, hey, listen, I have this, I have this method that's really working. Why don't you try it out? And the doctor was like, oh, okay, because I'm baffled by you idiots. So, <laughs> so whatever you got, I'll try it, you know. And she was, you know, she was not armed with facts about herself, but she was armed with facts about alcoholism. She saved my life. She saved my life. And, um... I don't remember where I was going with that or why I started. Does anybody? No? <laughs> You're all thinking about the football game. I'm in good shape tonight. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. I was desperate. Thank you, Genevieve. I'm back on track. Um, I was really desperate, you know, and that doesn't mean that I haven't had, like, lots of recurrences of self-will and things that I haven't wanted to hold on to, but... I mean, I was, I was pretty much got accustomed to chasing my sponsors around, you know, and, um, so I tend, I, I try to be honest and clear and straightforward with sponsees, but I mean, if you have another way that's gonna work for you, then do it. And if you don't, then call me. I mean, that's pretty much how it is, because I know when I'm working too hard, with a sponsee when my throat starts to hurt. <laughs> Cause I'm straining. And I'm doing all the work. And I don't need to work that hard, you know? It's like, if you are ready and you want to do this thing, like, here it is. We can get down to the bottom of any situation in your life. We have a spiritual solution for any any situation or problem that you could ever face. Let's do it. But you've got to be willing to to want to go there, you know? And, um, and that's been a hard thing for me, working with others, is meeting people where they are. And how do I, like, maintain service and maximum helpfulness to somebody um, instead of just like shutting them out because like oh well you're not willing so I'm going to shut you out like how do I how do I stay helpful to somebody where they are because I wasn't always and and yes I was I was desperate and I was done but like before that happened like I needed some work you know in order to like get to that place and there were people that were so patient with me and I mean, they, they, they were continuously willing to show up and, and work with me where I was so long as I was putting my hand out for help, even if that wasn't the time that I was really ready, you know, even if it was just one of those times when I just, I didn't want to be miserable anymore, but I wasn't ready to do the work, you know, they stayed there for me. And so that's been something for me in sponsorship, too, that I've, like, I maybe can't spend all of my time focused on this person who's, like, obviously not willing, but I can maintain love and openness in that relationship so that I don't destroy a future chance of being helpful to somebody. You know, that's like, that's been a situation that I've come up against. Um, and my sponsor has another metaphor that I want to talk about because I really love it. And um, it, it, it has to do with like the whole God-sized whole thing and the whole service to others. Um, you know, he says that like our soul, I'm going to totally botch this, but he says that our soul is like a big pot of soup. And, um, I guess for our whole life, we've been thinking that, like, there's not enough, and we're not going to have enough, and we're, like, we suffer because of that. But when we wake up, you know, spiritually, we, like, go through the steps, and we wake up, and we have a spiritual awakening. Um, We, like, go back to the soup, and we see what's going on, and the soup is actually overflowing. And, like, that's what's causing all the pain. There's, like, too much soup, and it's making a big mess everywhere. And um, all we have to do is, like, the problem is never, ever that we've had too little. The problem is always that we've had too much. And all we have to do is, like, stay by the pot with a ladle and, and pour it into bowls and give it to people, you know, <laughs> and, like, give it away and, like, feed people. Um, I really like that, <laughs> that metaphor. But that's essentially, it's like what we do on a daily basis, like when our spirits wake up, you know, and we're here in this body, like we're by the soup and like all we have to do, it's like our, our suffering comes because like we think we don't have enough and we're using people and we're totally selfish and we're miserable. But it, we actually have a perfect amount. <laughs> we actually have enough to go around. <laughs> so it's just like that shift of perception and that shift of consciousness that happens with us. Um, and, and aside for sponsorship, you know, that that is potential all throughout the day. There, In the 11th step in the book, it says each, each and every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. And so what I literally do, and I don't know if this is like the right way to do that, but when I'm in a situation and I remember that line, I go, okay, God, like how can I serve God right now? Which really means like how can I serve the people around me? You know, and if I'm at work, perfect, perfect, you know, place for that to happen. You know, I worked in restaurants for a 
a long time, and that was, like, the service industry. So it would be something simple as, like, I'm going to help the busboys. Like, I'll go get the pitcher of water, and I'll bring water around, you know. Or or I remember one time I used to be, like, freaked out to, like, bring alcohol to the table. And then I realized, like, that's my service. Like, that is my service at work, to, like, help other people to have a nice time. And if the waiter is busy and I'm, like, afraid of the bottle, then, like, there's something going on in my spiritual condition. If the waiter's busy and the bottle is standing by the bar, I can take that bottle and bring it to the table and help this person out. And, and when I looked at it like that, it, like, totally changed everything. Um, and and whatever, whatever, like, literal thing that I can do around me is, like, how I can, like, meet God and, like, serve God and serve other people, like, in the moment. You know, doing dishes after dinner, like simple stuff like that. Um, but there's like a really powerful line in the book that says our con- our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we can help meet their needs. So I'm I'm literally like in morning meditation, this idea of like, God, please show me what I can do today for the man who's still sick. Things in my life are like good and harmonious and enjoyable to the extent that I treat them as an opportunity to be helpful to somebody. Because usually what happens is if I'm not doing that, then I'm, like, looking. I have an expectation on somebody to, like, do something for me or, I like, fall back into, like, my selfish patterns. And um, and when I get out of the way um, and, and, look at, and look at things as essentially just, like, service opportunities throughout the day, it's, like, that's when, like, I feel the presence of God, you know? Um, the idea that, like, uh, the third step promises, like, when we sincerely took such a position that we were going to turn our will and our life over to the care of God, all sorts of remarkable things happen. We found ourselves more interested in what we can contribute to life, less interested in our own plans and ideas. My experience was I didn't sincerely take any sort of position <laughs> on on giving my life over to God until I was active in 4 through 9. You know, my, like, third step promises didn't really come true until I, had, like, proceeded through the rest of the inventory. Um but, uh, but yeah, just the idea today that, like, God is my employer and, like, God will provide what I need if I stay close to God and do God's work, which is usually goes back to, like, how can I be helpful to people? Um, and I recently just got hired at, uh, at the job that I really wanted to work at. And it was so interesting because um, I didn't think that they were going to call me back. And, and, I, and I don't think God works like Santa Claus. I don't think, like, oh, well, if I'm good, then God will reward me with things. But it just so happens that when I'm like, when I'm clearing the way to be a functioning member and I'm showing up to life and I have a motive of like being helpful and loving, like I really do get taken care of. I really get taken care of. And like the week that, that this company called me back for, for, uh, for, to come in for a first interview was full of service. I mean, I was just starting this workshop, um, the first time I did this, I, I spoke at another meeting right afterward. I was in a I was in Lana's fifth step for four days in a row. Uh, it was my anniversary. I mean, just like I just like full of like love and full of service to others, and um and like I didn't have to like make sure that like my life happened. Do you know what I mean? Like I had taken the action, I had showed up at the place, and then I had gone and like put my attention back on like where it really needs to be. And, um, you know, and, and that got taken care of, and that was really beautiful. Um, I think uh, another cool experience that I had, um, I was, like, uh, with my cousin. I wanted to talk about this for some reason. I was with my cousin, and she was she was talking about some sort of meditation, and... Um, I was, like, I was telling her my experience, and I kept on talking about, like, oh, yeah, well, I do these, like, self-examination exercises. And, like, what I'm talking about is inventory. Like, I'm talking about, like, step four, you know. And um, and I'm telling her about this self-examination, and she's, like, uh, she's like Sarah, like, what are these, like, the, self, the self-examination thing? It sounds so interesting. Like, what are you, what are you talking about that? And, and I was, like, well, essentially it's, like, it's like the 12 steps. Like, that's what I'm talking about. And she was like, yeah, but you make the 12 steps look so cool and sound so <laughs> interesting. And I was like, really? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you know, because, like, that's exactly what we're supposed to do here. You know, that's what we're doing here. Um, and this idea that, like, we might be the only big book that anybody ever sees. <laughs> and, and it's like, <laughs> but, but, like, what that really means is, like, how am I living my life? You know, how am I? It's like when somebody finds out that I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, what kind of opinion are they going to have about Alcoholics Anonymous? You know, um, 
if I walk around miserable and suffering and angry and I'm beating people up or I'm cursing out and I'm totally inappropriate and outrageous, and then I tell somebody, oh, yeah, I'm a sober member of AA, they're not going to want to come to AA. <laughs> they're going to be like, ah, might as well keep drinking then. <laughs> I'd rather be drunk, <laughs> you know. But but when I tell people that I'm in AA, you know, what, what kind of impression of this program are they going to have? Is it going to be something attractive, you know, or is it going to, or are they going to want to stay away? And, um, and, and, and that's like, to know that I was like an attractive member of this fellowship and that I'm like giving it the respect that it deserves in that way is like so amazing. Um, and I'm like... Alcoholics Anonymous changed my life, like, saved my life, like, is the reason for everything that I have, because I used to be, I, I used to be a completely different person, like, the, like, the term psychic change, we don't say it that much, you know, we, we say spiritual awakening, like, a lot more, but the term psychic change is so appropriate, like, I really feel that my mind is different, and part of it might be growing up, but, but a lot of it is like the power of God doing for me what I cannot do for myself on a daily basis. Because um, I am not the same girl that I was. I mean, I was a horrible, <laughs> I was a horrible monster. <laughs> and, um, and, and I'm like fairly useful and like fairly content today, you know. And that's like, that's like outrageous. Like part of the reason why I was having like, a difficult time kind of like thinking about what I wanted to say was because like I really do feel like fulfilling emptiness you know I really do just feel kind of like I'm just here I'm just present I'm just with you guys um and and that's really amazing um I think there was some other stuff in terms of helping others that I wanted to talk about Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I just, like, I can't stress enough that, like, without, um, like, without a connection to a power greater than myself, like, I'm useless, you know? And it's not, it's really not me that does anything, you know? It's like, it's like my experience, um, But the idea that, like, I can't transmit something that I don't have is, like, really important to me because I was, like, sponsoring people in AA, and I had no idea really what to tell them. Like, I was not quite yet a person armed with facts about myself, you know? And uh, when I got to that part in the book with my sponsor, my sponsor said, what are the facts about yourself? And the facts about myself are that um, I have an allergy to alcohol, you know, like the, the, the doctor's opinion that we suffer from an allergy. When I start drinking, I can't stop. But the real powerlessness and the real hopelessness about that is that I always start. I can't not start. You know, and then also that, like, I have a spiritual malady which makes my uh, sobriety so unbearable that my mind will continue to tell me over and over again that it's a good idea to drink. Or whether it's a good idea or not, I just don't care. I'm drinking, you know. Um, like, those, those are the facts about myself. And, um, and I didn't have those for a long time um, and the reason why having those is so important is because once I had them it changed my relationships to steps 2 through 12 you know um, and I think Dr. Baba had the same experience Bill Wilson he had he had been trying to apply spiritual <coughs> principles to recover from alcoholism and it wasn't working you know he kept drinking and when Bill showed up and, and explained to him what his alcoholism was and what it meant he was like, oh, <laughs> darn, <laughs> I better do this. You know, he pursued the rest of the spiritual ideas, you know, with the book says a willingness that he had never before <coughs> been able to muster. 
And when I really got down with the hopelessness of my alcoholism, I was like, I better get serious about steps two through 12. Like, I better get these in my life in a way that they're not quite. I literally remember sitting with a sponsee saying, yeah, I don't really understand the allergy thing or the powerlessness (laughs) over alcohol. I mean, I don't really get it. And, like, I heard somebody say at a meeting once that, like, once you start drinking, you can't control how you drink. But as long as there's no alcohol in your system, you can decide not to put it there. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. I'll, 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 I'll do that, you know, or I'll, I'll think that, you know, and I was like so kind of vague and like all of my sponsorship was like a Hail Mary. I was just like thinking like maybe if I just like sit here and we read the book together, it's like we're, it's like we're going through it at the same time, you know, um, but like. I don't know, like, my experience with God in that sense was, like, God didn't, like, you know, appear as, like, a third person, like, explaining things to us. (laughs) It wasn't, it didn't happen. You know, I didn't get it, they didn't get it, and I don't know, I hope I didn't hurt anybody with my ignorance, but I, um, yeah, having my own house in order was crucial to really be effective and helpful, you know, to people, and I found myself when people, like, after I had, like, been like um pretty stable in in the step process with my sponsor when people were coming to me with situations i was finding myself knowing what questions to ask them i was finding myself knowing how to direct and and the conversation and knowing how to pinpoint maybe what was going on and knowing and recognizing being familiar with the character defects or with the fear or whatever and like having some experience being free of that myself and being able to say, like, okay, like, to go back into the darkness and then walk back into the light, like, together. Like, I knew that I knew that path, and it was, like, so important. And uh, this idea that, like, I can't get rid of my selfishness without God's help, you know. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah, so I was going to talk about, like, other forms of service, like, chairing meetings. And, I mean, I chair my home group, and... Um, I have, like, a kind of H&I commitment. It's at an alternative high school. It's really cool. It's a place just like I was at before I got sent away. It's a long-term rehab place. Um, but it's, like, specializes with kids with mental health and substance abuse. And I bring a, um, a meeting into that facility every Friday. And, like, these... Um, like like those things or like if I had a coffee commitment or something like 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 the fact that I chair a meeting and that I have like the service commitment are like really important but I don't believe that that's like the extent that my service needs to be in AA like I need to be actively working with sponsees like I need to be sitting with people and have the book in front of me and be going through this like all the time and right now I'm I'm like not in the forwards with anybody and I'm, like, feel like I need to be, <laughs> you know? I have, like, a lot of people that are, like, past the inventory and, like, in 9 and 10, which is, like, awesome because, like, I used to never be able to get that far with the sponsee, but I'm, like, not in the forwards with anyone right now. And, like, that's 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 a really good place for an alcoholic like me to be, you know, working with people. And um, I feel like that is, the, that is like, if we were going to have, like, a dinner plate that had, like, a balanced meal, I don't know, that's probably, like, broccoli and chicken and, and potato or something like that. That's like a pretty balanced meal. It's like the chicken and the potato are sponsorship. <laughs> and uh and the broccoli completes it. But it's 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 the other forms of service for me, you know? So it's like without that stuff, like my service picture is not complete, but like boy, I really I need like I need the hearty stuff, you know, and um and, and for me that's really like strenuous work. And um and there's this part also that I related to recently. We were going through it in my home group. Um, we were just, uh, it, it, it came out from a vision for you, but we were talking about Bill Wilson's experience in the hotel lobby. Um, and uh, when he was um, hearing the chatter and the drinking in the bar and think, and his business deal had just gone south and he was feeling kind of hopeless and he was thinking that maybe he wanted to drink. And um, and I love that when he got the inspiration to go to the phone booth and call and call anybody looking for an alcoholic in that town, he said that his sanity returned and he thanked God. You know, and that really was like God working in his life, doing for him what he couldn't do for himself. But the deal is, like, Bill Wilson didn't call his sponsor in that moment. He didn't call his support group in that moment. He didn't. He didn't call his mom and dad, you know. He didn't call somebody and say, hey, comfort me. I need help. He reached below 
him, you know. He reached out to the next person that needed even more help than he did, and he said, I've got to carry this message to somebody, and I've got to... Um, and I've got to be helpful to somebody who needs who needs hope, you know. And he got, I think, ten names, you know, from that phone book or from whoever he called. Other people will know the the his sister, yeah, his sister. And he it wasn't until the last name that somebody put him in touch. I think her name was Henrietta, and she put him in touch with uh, with Dr. Bob. You know what I mean? He just like he called all ten people. Um, you know, and I love that, like, throughout the day, like, if I'm feeling tripped up in self, it's, I mean, it's not always, sometimes, I mean, I always, if I'm, like, disturbed and there's something going on, like, I have to, I have to take inventory because I'm, I'm powerless over alcohol, you know, and I need to make sure that my house is clean, but it's, it's about me reaching out, you know, I was, like, having this obsession, like, a couple weeks ago, and I was, like, <laughs> really in it, and my friend gently reminded me, she said, the problem is not that you just did that thing. The problem is that you are still thinking about it. Go help somebody. And I was like, oh, yeah, awesome. Um, and I just had something that I wanted to say. Um, going back to the way that, like, being armed with facts about myself is, like, enables me to be helpful to other people. Um, uh, God has presented me with opportunities to be helpful wherever I am, you know, and, um, and, like, my focus when I go to meetings is not anymore about what I can get from the meeting. It's not, oh, boy, I need a meeting because I really need to share because I feel awful. Um, you know, I wouldn't restrict myself from, like, jumping in a meeting if I was that crazy and I really needed to do that. But my my focal point in meetings today is not, um, you know, getting relief from them. Um, I don't really get relief from meetings. What I get is connection to the fellowship. And... Um, the best way that I can approach connection to the fellowship is when I go to meetings and I'm really listening and I'm, like, looking for people that maybe need help, you know? Because when I'm really in the meeting and I'm focusing and I'm listening, I can tell, like, who has a spiritual solution in their life and who doesn't. And, like, whether or not somebody's, like, in enough pain to, like, want to talk to me about it after the meeting, you know? But I, I, I kind of, like, have that focus when I go to meetings, Um and and that's really awesome, and that's enabled me to, like, follow up after the meeting and to, like, be helpful. And I had a really cool experience. Um, I was in Illinois visiting my boyfriend's family, and um, it was, like, such a great week because I was, like, focused on other people in general. Like, I was focused on being with his family, and I was focused on being there for them, and I was focused on, like, connecting with them, and I was in just a general mindset of, like, thinking of others. Um and the same with the same with meetings and we went to this one meeting in southern illinois and there was a woman who shared and she touched me so much that i mean i don't know if i said this out loud to my boyfriend or not and i don't know if i've shared this here before i apologize if i'm repeating myself but i literally said to myself or someone she's the one that's the one you know and um and I walked up to her after the meeting, and I, it was Wednesday, and I was there Saturday, and I just felt so convicted. It's like, and this is not me. This is not, I'm not, like, virtuous. Like, I'm, I'm the opposite of virtuous. But when I, when I have a higher power working in my life, I find myself doing all sorts of foreign alien things that feel really super normal because they're actually, like, in, they're, like, true to my spiritual nature, right? Like, this is who I really was meant to be the whole time. I just had this very backwards way of, like, waking up my spirit through alcohol. Um, and now, um, 
and now this is just kind of like the natural existence that I have, uh, you know, when I'm taking care of my spirit and, um, and allowing it to move through me. And, uh, and I went up to her and I just, I just, you know, I extended my hand and I, and I laid out some spiritual tools and like she picked them up. And we, like, did the first three steps the next day, you know? Like, I was, like, going fishing with my boyfriend, and she was like, what do you want me to do? And I was just like, read this part and this part and this part. Write down what you think they're saying and write down what your experience with those things are. And uh, we'll go over it when I get there. And we, like, covered the first three steps, and then I, like, showed her how to write an inventory. And and we, like, started to go over that. And this is, like, in southern Illinois. She's, like, one of my very good friends now. We talk all the time. And I, I kind of handed her off to her sponsor after that. Um, me realizing that I'm not the only peop- the only person that can be helpful to somebody in AA is also really important, you know? This, like, panic that I feel is, like, very egotistical. Like, I am not the only person in AA that can be helpful to somebody, and I need to trust that, like, God is showing up in their life. And if I'm the person that's supposed to be helpful to them, I will be. But not to, like, impose and, like, you know, from this place of fear say, well, I have to be the one to do it or else they're going to get the wrong message. Like, that's really... Uh, that's really prideful of me to, to think that that's true. Um, so I just handed her off to her sponsor, and I stayed in touch, you know, to be her friend and just, like, the opportunity to be helpful to people no matter where I go. Um, also, like, educating people on what alcoholism is is, like, a super important part of my life. Like, anybody who has enough interest that wants to listen to me, <laughs> I will go on and on and on because I feel like, you know, like this whole, like the chapter two employers, you know what I mean? It's, I mean, so much of, like, I guess, like, the problem is, like, people not understanding what the illness is, you know, and um, people can go through rehabs and all of these things and still not understand what the illness is, and that's okay. It's not my job to be critical of that, but I, as, you know, a recovery member of this program, get to, like, be the educator, and I get to, like, share this information with anybody. And so something that I do in the high school that I take the meeting in, um, you know, I uh, I coach um, the people who speak to be informational um, as well as experiential. So they are to talk about what alcoholism is and how AA is designed to treat it um, and then what their personal experience with that process looks like. So that way, it's like we let the kids know, um, I think I've like verbalized this to them, even if they themselves are not alcoholics, they become armed with facts about what alcoholism is. So they have an uncle or a father or a brother who one day comes to them and says, I can't stop drinking. They're like, oh, I kind of like took this class thing on that once. Like, I, like, I think I know, I think I know what you need to do, you know? Um, and I think it's like really important to inform anybody who wants to listen about what alcoholism really is because there's so many misconceptions. Um, and again, like we start at step one for a reason. I can't tell you how my relationship to AA changed when I understood that I was hopeless <laughs> and that I was going to drink no matter what and that this thing would kill me if I didn't, you know, if I didn't hire a spiritual bodyguard uh, to help me out. Um, but, yeah, you know, service to others, focus on others, thinking of others, it, um, it's, it's really important for me to keep that in in the center and the focus of my life and I don't always right and it's also like I have a life you know that I need to show up and live but like this principle of service to others is something that I can bring to any and all situation that I could ever be in so it's not even just restricted to like working with a sponsee like those things have their own appropriate times but even if I'm doing something that's like not service related like if I'm in class or if I'm on a project my focal point in that situation can still be you know, being a vessel of love and service. And the way that I do that is just by, like, hopefully remembering that that's my function. That's, like, my real function. And shooting up a prayer to God saying, or shooting in a prayer to God saying, hey, you know, help me to, help me to be considerate of others, you know, and help me to be, you know, kind and loving and of service in this, in this situation that I'm in. Um, and, and I definitely don't do that perfectly, but, you know, I try to think about it. Um, gosh, I keep on having these brilliant ideas people and they just keep <laughs> leaving <laughs> um let's see if it comes back to me and then i'll oh yeah um so uh the part in 
there is a solution where it says none of us makes a sole vocation of this work, nor do we think that its effectiveness would be increased if we did. We feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. All of us spend much of our spare time in the sort of effort which we are going to describe. A few are fortunate enough to be so situated that they can give nearly all their um, time to the work. Okay, so... So it's saying all of us spend much of our time, you know, working with others. Um, but a few of us are fortunate enough to give nearly all of their time. And so I really, really know, like, when God is working through me with a sponsee, when I'm feeling fortunate to be able to help them and to be there with Like, when I'm feeling, like, so lucky and, like, yes, like, this is the only place that I want to be. And, like, I'm feeling connected to them. And I'm, like, on fire for them being on fire. And I want them to get better. And I have, like, love in my heart. Like, I really know that that's, like, God working through me. And that's when I'm having, like, a good day with helping others. And I'm, like, spiritually fit. And it's, like, a good gauge for me. Like, when I'm helping somebody, if I, on the other hand, am feeling like this person <laughs> is just couldn't be worse. And I'm tired and I want to go home and and all of these things like then I know like all right like my self-will is like cropping up like hardcore um and uh and um you know trying to like pray for the elimination of that selfishness um also like there's so much there's so much stuff in here about working with others and like being of service and like fitting ourselves to be of maximum service like way before the chapter working with others. Like it's so important that we start hearing about it like way early in the book. And when I started studying the book, I started realizing that like like just all like the little anecdotes of like how as soon as somebody like worked the steps they, like, started asking that they could, like, share their experience with other people. Or um, the people, uh, you know, the authors of the book were saying, like, we are, we would be interested to hear from those who get results from this book, particularly those who have commenced work with other alcoholics. It's just, like, it presses, it presses in us, like, the whole time that, like, when we have this experience, we have to go help somebody else to have this experience. Like, it's part of it. Like, nowhere in the 12 steps is it, like, and now go ask somebody for help. That's a very important part of my sobriety and, like, my support group, like, asking for help and experience. But the direction for the suffering alcoholic is to give somebody help, to offer this help to somebody else, to try to carry this message, you know. And and the idea of, like, practicing the principles in all of my affairs, um, like, showing up for my family, like, showing up for my relationship, showing up for school, like, like... Uh, and, and this is not everybody's experience, but my experience is that those things are just as much AA, you know, as um, as actual, like, a meeting or a sponsee, you know. Um, me showing up fully, being of service and bringing a spirit of joy and, and at home and with my boyfriends and, like, making time for these things are, are just as much AA to me as um, as, like, an actual meeting or, like, working with a sponsee. And um, I just feel very strongly about the fact that I, like, destroyed relationships when I was drinking. Um, my best friend, um, I, like, got ripped out of her life when I was, like, 15. Um, and she, like, she had spent all of her time, like, investing her, like, relationship energy, like, in her relationship with me. I was her best friend. I was, like, her sister, practically. And then all of a sudden, like, at 15 years old, like, what a ripe age for, like, a teenage girl. Like, I'm gone. And she's left, like, oh, my gosh, what, like, like, who do I talk to now? You know, and, like, at 15, like, when she's already established, like, having to, like, establish new relationships. And not that those things are necessarily my responsibility, but I left her out to dry, you know? Like, my drinking took me away from her. And, um, and I disappeared out of her life. And then my fear of people, places, and things kept me away from her when she was just, like, a sweet girl, like, trying to, like, be my friend and be in my life. And I was like, oh, I spoke to her when I used to drink. So she's an old person. So I, so it's dangerous. So I have to stay away. Like, that caused so much harm in my relationship with her. And I really had to, like, make amends. She was, like, trying to find me on Facebook. And I, like, blocked her just because I was terrified. You know, I thought that she was going to, like, pull me back into hell. And, and that was just just so not the case um 
you know, and there was a there was just like a specific instance where I was getting ready to go to a meeting. I don't know if it was officially my home group yet or whatever, and I was about to go and all of a sudden she started talking about something and she was like she was like in a lot of pain. And I felt like she really needed help and I'm like, here, I like wanna go to the meeting and I was like getting I was like about to gather my stuff and like she even I even told her that I had to leave. And something in my heart said, You need to stay and you need to like lay out for this girl like some of the tools that have helped you. Um you need to be here for her right now. She really needs you. And um, I didn't know if that was the right decision or not. Like, I didn't know if that was the best thing for me to do or if that was me, like, like not putting AA first. But there was something very strongly in my heart that told me that, like, she needed me to be there and that I wasn't there for such a long time and that the reason why I do AA and why I am so active in Alcoholics Anonymous is so that I can have a life and show up for those other relationships, you know? And she was going on and on about this thing that was, like, really causing her a lot of pain, and I was able to listen and be there for her and, like, lay out some of the tools that we have here. She doesn't have a community like we have, you know? A lot of people in the outside world don't have, like, a support group of people they can go to or, like, a program of steps they can follow to get out of any situation that might ever cause them pain and be happy, joyous, and free. Like, they don't have that. (laughs) But we have it, you know? So we can, like, we can be, like, instruments of peace in that way and instruments of joy and instruments of love, and we can show up and we can tell other people the great news, you know? That even if you don't have alcoholism, our way of life has its benefits for all, you know? Here's a way how to not suffer. <laughs> awesome, right? Yeah. And uh, and I got to be there for her that night. And and you know what? I didn't drink. I wasn't in pain. I'm sure the meeting understood. There was somebody else. And um, and I really feel strongly about, like, about, like, showing up in my family and, uh, and like being the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous because it's easy to sit in meetings and to talk about this stuff. Um, and, uh, but that's like, um, that's like the starting point, you know. I think it's like really, really important to be like living this at home. And I can't tell you how many nights I've had to like humbly go into my mother's room and say, Mom, I'm sorry. That I shouldn't have said that to you. I'm really sorry. Or if, or if not, like, Verbally, if, like, my words and my apology starts getting overdone, like, really, like, deep-hearted praying, like, help me not to snap. Like, please take my self-centeredness, you know. Um, But, like, really being, like, a different person in my relationships and practicing these principles and those affairs, I think, is, like, a super important part of, of helping others. So, anyway, helping others is, like, everything, and I don't know if I even covered what I needed to but I tried my best to share my experience with you guys on, like, what it currently looks like and what it has looked like in the past. Um, and just, again, I think I'm going to stop now, but I just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and to just, like, be in community and to be in solution with you guys. And it's been really beautiful to meet you all. And I hope to come back for the other awesome people that are going to come after me. That's it. Thanks.